Okay, so the word I have for you today is, is about Jesus and Him crucified. Um, I really believe that this message, um, having the picture of Jesus crucified is so powerful. His body broken and His blood shed for us is the door that gives us access into the Holy of Holies. So let me just uh, maybe start there. Um, let me just find the scripture. It's in the book of Hebrews. Now, Hebrews is just an amazing book about law and grace and about who Jesus is as our great high priest um, making intercession for us. So it's, it's so powerful. So if you go to Hebrews 10, it says um, in verse 19, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And having our bodies washed with pure water. Okay, so we have access by the blood of Jesus. We have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And so Jesus, we thank you for the cross. Um, Lord, I pray that as I speak now that you will um, speak through me. God, I, I pray for... Uh, even like a prophetic word that you will speak through me, that as, as whoever is listening listens, Father, I pray that um, these words will find entrance into their hearts. Father, I pray for your, your love, God. I pray that you show us um, the cross where you proved your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So, um, so I mean, let's go to... Psalms 22. So this is quite cool. I, 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 I listened to it this morning and, um, and it just blessed me this one statement. Um, it's, it's a psalm that, that speaks about, about Jesus being crucified. Okay, so um, in verse 14 it says, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue click sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my gar garment. Okay, so, um, so it's, it's so amazing. You can clearly see, um, in fact, this is one of the scriptures that is referenced to in, uh, I think, in John 19, where Jesus is crucified, where, um, where it says that they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my gar garments. At some point he has there, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So, um, so Jesus was forsaken. He was rejected. 
He became sin for us and He took that separation from the Father that we deserved so that we can be, um, be intimate with Him and, and be saved, you know, and, and have an intimate relationship with God. So, um, I mean, look at Psalms 22, verse 7. It says, All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. So um, this is one of the ways Jesus was tempted. I mean, Jesus um, willingly laid down his life. And so um, the in invitation for him to take himself off of the cross and all of those things were actually um, temptations. When the enemy came to tempt Jesus um, in the desert, he left him for a more opportune time. And that is uh, a time where the enemy came uh, and tempted him to, um, yeah, <laughs> to, to, you know, to not carry the, the weight of sin of the world. And Jesus carried it. And he was resisted. He resisted temptation. He was tempted in every way. And um, yet he did not sin. And so Jesus, who conquered sin, is now living inside of us as believers. If we can yield to him, he is powerful and he gives us grace, his presence that um, helps us to not yield to temptation, but to his presence. Yeah, so, but this is so powerful. And like I read in Hebrews 10, um, we have access, we have confidence to enter through the blood of Jesus and the body, his body that was broken. So we have uh, the, his body, which is the veil um, that was torn for us. So, um, so he gave us access. So the cross is the door. The cross is the power of God unto salvation. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Let me just find it here. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I mean, Paul, he really, he really had a revelation of the cross. In Galatians 3, he speaks about how he um, graphically portrayed Jesus and him crucified um, to the Galatians church. And so that is a, a thing that he did when he ministered is he preached Christ. Um, in verse 18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Okay, so the message of the cross is the power of God. So if you want to walk in power, we need to look to the cross. And it's a wisdom, it's a higher wisdom than the wisdom of the world. Okay, the world um, has... Uh, the gospel for the world seems foolish, but for those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so if we open our hearts um, and receive the gospel, we will experience salvation. Firstly, salvation being born again, but also salvation in our souls and our bodies, our, the renewal of our mind, as well as the healing of our bodies and the manifestation of life. The body being clothed over with life. Okay, so um, in verse 24 it says, But um, those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, 
Christ is the, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Sorry, let's just read the whole um, verse. Uh, well, the previous verse it says, uh, verse 23, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Um, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human flesh. Okay, so a uh, human strength. So, um, so what, uh, you know, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You know, if we look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, it says, uh, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In verse 1 it says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Now remember, preaching of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So that word carried power and the result was power on display the signs wonders and miracles but the preaching of the word is power and it it ministers life to those who hear okay so that is um, speaking about the power of the gospel so let's go to john 19. i just want to read to you about what jesus did for you and for me um, in verse 1 it says then pilate took jesus and had him flogged the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. Okay, so Jesus, remember, Jesus was innocent, completely innocent. He did nothing wrong in his whole life. And he is worth the honor you know, he's so worthy of honor. He's so worthy of respect. Yet he was um, rejected and he was hurt. Now, I just want to move, go to the Passion, the passion Translation in verse 1. Um, he describes the... Um, the uh, well, let me just read it. In verse 1, it says, the, the, Then Pilate ordered Jesus... To be brutally beaten with a whip of leather straps embedded with metal. Okay, and um, I I have the Bible. They said it was literally, um, it would go down to the bone. Um, and so if you look at Psalms 22, it says here um, that all, Jesus says, all of my bones, well, the Psalm says, all of my bones are on display. Let me just find it. Um, Psalms 22, oh, NIV. So, um, 
So it's so so powerful that um yeah, it says verse 17, uh, Psalms 22, all my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. Okay, so it's so powerful that um, Jesus' uh, Jesus' body was literally torn. Like he, it was supernatural that he could, could handle what he did on the cross. Um, and that he really, he went through so much. He says that the then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Now, what's so powerful about this is that this speaks about the um, torment in the mind and how Jesus took that. And and I guess there's more to it, but it's such a powerful picture that Jesus, uh, I mean, the... Um, the thorns would go in, you know, and and so Jesus experienced that um, physical pain of um, of the crown of thorns, and 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 they mocked him by doing that, and he didn't deserve it. Um, so in Isaiah fifty four it says, "You will forget the shame of your youth." Um, and you will remember the approach, reproach of your widowhood no more. It's because uh, the reason that says that is that Jesus took our shame. He became, sh he was shamed on the cross so that we could be, um, to have live a life without shame and condemnation. Okay, so they clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you so to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. So again, Jesus was innocent. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a, cho a charge against him. Okay, so um, even Pilate declared there's no reason for Jesus to be crucified. You know, he didn't do anything wrong. Um, and obviously there was purpose behind it that Jesus chose to lay down his life, but he was completely innocent. He was declared innocent. Okay, so um, so it's interesting. Um, the chief priests and the officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And when Pentecost happened, when the Holy Spirit was poured out after Jesus was resurrected, and ascended, he um, poured out his spirit, and Peter preached to the multitude, and 3,000 people were saved. But the words he used, he said, this Jesus whom you crucified. So he was preaching to the people that willed and caused Jesus to be crucified. And, um, and they 3,000 of them were added to the Lord. And so they committed literally the worst thing you could do. And when if they repented, the forgiveness was there for them. 
Okay, so um, that is so powerful. Okay, so it says, but Pilate answered, you take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. Okay, um, and they said they have a law and according to the law he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. He didn't claim to be, he really was the son of God. It's, it's um, yeah, it says when Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. He went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Um, and then he goes on. And uh, and then if you look at in verse. Um, in verse 15, it says, but they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. Okay. Um, so the soldier, soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull, which is in, in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him. And with him, two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Uh, many of the Jews read the sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. Okay, and then it goes on. Um, uh, yeah, so he, he, it's it's about Jesus being crucified, and he, at some point he sees his beloved um, disciple standing there, which was John, who called himself the beloved disciple because he had a revelation of the love of Jesus for him. Verse 25, it says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. His mother's sister married the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. So Jesus honored his mother, and he also made sure that um, there would be someone who would care for her. Okay, So, um, so it's so powerful. Now, if we go to Isaiah 53, I mean, that is... The scripture just declaring the cross of Jesus. Let's, um, yeah, let's go to Isaiah 53. He says, um, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Okay, so he suffered for us so that we wouldn't need to suffer. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, yet we held him in low esteem. Okay, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Okay, so it says he was familiar with pain and his suffering. And that was because he took our pain so that we wouldn't experience pain. He bore our suffering 
so that we wouldn't experience suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. So you see, there's a divine exchange. He was pierced. He, he carried the punishment. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. Okay, so Romans 5 says, Therefore, having been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so there is no um, expectation of judgment um, when we receive the blood of Jesus. Jesus took the judgment, so we are just made right with God because we believe. That is powerful. Okay. So and by his wounds we are we were we are healed. So so remember how Jesus said, "All my bones are on display." He he was so he was bleeding. He, his body was torn for us, and because of that, that is the price that was paid for our bodies to be healed. Okay, so we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Okay, so Jesus was the, um, the Lamb of God that was slain. So all of our sin was placed upon him. He was completely innocent. And his innocence was placed upon us or in us. We received his innocence. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? He was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. Again, he was punished for our transgressions so that we wouldn't be punished. So we are free. Okay, so in verse 9 it says, He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin. Okay, so Hebrews 10, I think it's verse 10, verse 14. It says, for by a single offering, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. That's verse 14. So it's by this offering, uh, it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the, the law ma Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, you will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge my righteous servant will justify many, so as many as believed in him, right? And he will bear their iniquities. So Jesus carried our iniquities. Whatever we had that caused us to fall short, Jesus carried. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. 
he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So you see, he was numbered with the transgressors. Remember how Jesus was crucified with two other um, people who were sinners. And, um, and then the one cried out to him, Lord, have mercy. And Jesus had mercy on him, and, and he received eternal life. He re- yeah, Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise. I mean, how cool is that? That's the grace of Jesus just at the last moment, at that moment of no hope. Jesus comes and he saves him. That's so powerful. Um, he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So his blood is now on the mercy seat and he's making intercession for us um, through that um, and praying for us. Okay, so let's see here um, Colossians. So this is so powerful. So now we, we, we read about what the cross um, did. So um, let's just see how Jesus overcame the enemy. He um, disarmed all the powers and principalities um, that were arranged against us. Let me see here. Um, I'm going to read from the second part of um, verse 13. He says, He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Okay, so he nailed, um, another translation says, he nailed the note with the legal decrees and demands which stood against us. The law, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He nailed, he dealt with everything that stood against us. Whatever the enemy could have used to condemn us, um, Jesus dealt with on the cross. Okay? It stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So he nailed it to the cross. Can I remember how the body of Jesus um, torn is the veil that was torn for us to enter in? Which is so powerful. Okay? So Jesus. Um, in the, the the law was nailed to the cross and that veil was torn so we can have access okay and it says verse 15 it says and having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross okay the amplified let me just read the amplified it says that, um, oh, okay, now I need to find the verse again. It says in verse 14, having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note with its legal decrees and demands, which was in force and stood against us. This note with its regulation, decrees and demands, he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross. Verse 15, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it, the cross. Okay, so um, those two are connected. The fact that Jesus dealt with the law 
and whatever stood against us disarmed the powers and principalities that were arranged against us. 1 Corinthians 15 says, um, the sting of death is sin, and sin exercises its power over us through the law. And so when we get rid of the law um, as a means of righteousness, um, we uh, sin is disarmed. Um, Romans 6 says, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, you are under grace. Okay, so whatever was against us, Jesus disarmed it and defeated it on the cross. And so what I, the message I just preached now, this is the power of the gospel. Um, Ephesians 1 verse 7 says the following. In him we have redemption, deliverance and salvation through his blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings and trespasses in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor, which he lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding, practical insight and prudence. Okay, so um, I just want to pray for you right now. But first, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, this is what he did for you. So he proposed, let's see it as an example uh, of a proposal he proposed on the cross to you and he's waiting now for you to say yes he is perfect love and because of that he will honor your right to say yes and to choose so you can either choose darkness or choose jesus okay so um so you can you can choose to be separated from god or not that's your choice but when you receive him his blood washes you and your new creation, you're free. Even if you make a mistake later, you will, your identity changed. So you, your sin nature died and you received a Christ, you receive a Christ nature. So if you want that, I want to pray with you and you receive life, eternal life and relationship with God. So let's just pray together. If you want that, just open your heart. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive all of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood and make me to be born again. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Come upon me with your Holy Spirit and power in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. Lastly, um, I just want to pray for whoever is listening right now. I pray for a fresh baptism in the holy spirit and acts 10 peter was preaching in and as he was speaking the words of the gospel the holy spirit fell upon them and so father i thank you as as they hear god i pray as as we hear um the gospel god that we will experience deeper and deeper encounters with your love with your holy spirit lord i ask that you open our eyes to see Jesus crucified. Open our ears to hear your voice. And Lord, I ask that you come upon us with power so that we can have an impact. Set the captives free, Father. Um, the power, the anointing that breaks the yoke in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I, I pray for the love of God in your life. So I want to declare over you that you are the beloved 
you are God's beloved and he, he has a big plan for your life. So I pray the blessing of the Lord over you, over your finances, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.